Welcome to the second episode of Alex Gerline's Movie Reviews. Today, he'll be talking about two of the best and most anticipated horror movies of the year, the latest installment in the Halloween series and Suspiria, Podcasts, bringing the eye to your ear. Hi, this is Alex Gerline with the St. Ignatius Podcasts, and I am here to talk about some more movies. This is a bit of a delayed episode, I guess, you know, should have been October, but you know, it's November, fall, close enough. And then I'm going to talk about some horror movies that I saw. So the two horror movies that I saw in theaters this year that I really liked, well, one of them I really liked, were Suspiria and Halloween. I'll start off with Halloween. So Halloween has always meant a lot to me as a franchise. The first horror movie I ever saw was Halloween 5. And, you know, it's sort of been a really big part of my love of film has been Michael Myers and that whole franchise. Just everything. I love it. I know it's pretty cheesy, pretty bad, but I I still love it. You know, John Carpenter's original is something unsurpassed in the slasher genre. It is a perfect movie. It does have some flaws, but I would not change a thing. It's a low-budget, very effective piece of filmmaking. And what makes it work is the constant, constant tension that Carpenter manages to keep up. You'll never know when Michael Myers is going to pop up. He's always in the background somewhere. He's always breathing really heavily. He's always doing something just out of the corner of your eye that makes you think, oh, geez. Carpenter knew how to build tension effectively is what I'm trying to get at. And I don't think David Gordon Green and Danny McBride do is the problem with this movie. They wrote a script that has some good stuff, but it has a lot more bad stuff. In fact, the script for this movie is pretty downright awful, in my opinion. You know, McBride is a good writer. He's worked on some really hilarious films, Pineapple Express being a personal favorite. And David Gordon Green himself has directed some really good stuff. He's got this film, George Washington, which I believe was his debut, which is absolutely fantastic. And they both, time and time again, have professed their love for this franchise. And you would think that being pretty good writers, and, you know, having directed some pretty great stuff, they'd be able to come up with something that worked. And seeing the trailers for this movie, I was really hopeful. I saw what they were doing, and I was psyched. I don't normally watch trailers, unless I'm, like, super excited for a movie. And I watched them all for Halloween, and I was pumped up, ready to go. I saw it opening night. I went on a school night, and it was just terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, the movie's not very good at all. McBride and David Gordon Green have sort of written a comedy disguised as a Halloween movie. And anyone who has seen the late 90s, early 2000s Halloween movies knows that when you try to put comedy into this franchise, it does not work very well. John Carpenter's original has some moments of laughter, but it's very natural-seeming things. You know, like if you've ever looked after a little kid, you know, had to babysit before, you know, they do some funny stuff at times. And that's where the laughter comes from in the original Halloween. And yeah, that's where they try to get the laughter from, too, in here. But this is forced laughter. This is like, you know, the kid's wisecracking. He's making jokes just for the sake of the audience. It doesn't work. It was a legitimately just surreal experience to see a movie that looks so well, because the cinematography and the direction in this movie is very good on a whole other level from almost every other Halloween film. And the script is absolutely terrible. 
Okay, you don't really notice a lot of the stuff with horror movies, and you know, I give it a bit of slack because it's a Halloween movie. You know, they're just supposed to be dumb, cheesy fun. But I had such high hopes for this film, and coming out of it, I'm just really disappointed. You know, I was expecting something better. And, you know, maybe my reasoning isn't that great. It, I'm probably too picky about the script. Fine. You know, it didn't work for me. They tried to infuse comedy into something where there should have just been straight tension, and the only laughter you should have gotten out of it was either from the character's stupidity or from very natural moments. Basically, they should have tried to do what John Carpenter did. And I know that's basically saying, oh, don't do something original. But when you've seen time and time again what works across the 11 films in this franchise now, Maybe you should try and stick with what makes a good Halloween movie a good Halloween movie. So that's my thoughts on Halloween. Now, Suspiria, I had even higher hopes for. With some time between last year and now and a second viewing, Call Me By Your Name is probably either the best or second best film of last year. Slightly behind The Killing of a Sacred Deer for me. Luca Guadagnino had a huge hit with Call Me By Your Name. It was a fantastic movie. Absolutely fantastic. The characters felt real, and it was a beautiful movie. It looked amazing. And you hear that he is going to remake one of your favorite movies of all time, Suspiria, the 1977 Suspiria. Dario Argento is one of my favorite Italian directors, if not my favorite. And films like Suspiria, Deep Red, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, he's made some masterpieces. And Suspiria is his best, by far. The film follows a young woman, Susie Banyan, who goes into a ballet school in Germany and finds out that there are some strange things going on behind the walls of the school. Everything's not like it seems. And one of the things that makes that movie work so well is the cinematography. It's the use of color. It's the way Argento decides to film basically every small thing, very, very stylized, but in a way that sort of puts you on edge. You know, using these vibrant red lights sort of warns you of the danger, and it just increases the tension even in the smaller moments that would normally not elicit such a response. It's very, very weird to describe it because it's such a visual movie. You know, the dialogue is not amazing, but it more than makes up for it with the amazing score by Goblin, who are just like insane. Like, such a fun band to listen to. I've got the soundtrack on my phone and everything. It really blows me away, that music. And the visuals, that's what make the original Suspiria great. You know, when you see the cinematography from Call Me By Your Name, and you hear Louis Guadagnino is going to keep the same cinematographer, I got very excited. I normally am not very excited for remakes. Not at all. But, extremely talented director coming off of Arguably his best film, keeping an amazing cinematographer on board and working with Tilda Swinton, who is one of the best actresses working right now, like bar none. I was pumped. You have no idea. And so I walked into this movie with high expectations and for the first five acts, they were met. The movie will tell you at the front that it is divided into six acts and an epilogue. And I would say that the first five acts of this movie are fantastic. The last half of the sixth act is absolutely terrible, and the epilogue is just as bad. Okay, it was building to this peak 
You know, it was slowly, slowly going upwards, ratcheting up the tension. There's some amazing scenes in this movie. And it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up, and then it plummets. It just blows it. I still, overall, enjoyed the film quite a lot, because for those first five acts, it's the best horror movie of this year. And I still think it probably will be by the end of the year. That's coming in quickly, and I don't see anything else coming out that's going to top it. But you get so much good stuff. The cinematography is great, but it, it's it's very muted. It's an interesting choice. I'll say it's a good choice because you want to differentiate yourself from the original Suspiria. So you tone down the colors and you improve the characters in the dialogue. That's a very, very interesting approach. I liked that. I liked it a lot. It was working so well. Like, there's a probably the scene that this film is going to go down in history for is there's a scene where, spoilers, our main character, Susie Banyan, is dancing, and they update the ballet of the original to modern dance, sort of like interpretive stuff. She's doing this dance, and in a room below her, her moves are sort of contorting and torturing this other woman. And I know that's pretty gruesome, but it's it's a gruesome movie. It's pretty graphic. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic. And the very muted color palette just makes everything seem so, like, I don't know, dark and damp and eerie. It's just kind of, like, sends chills up your spine. Whereas the other movie is very fun. This one is like, oh, God, no. You know, you you do not enjoy looking at it because of the colors. Like, like everything technically is done very, very well. It's just this color palette is slightly off, slightly cold, icy, and, you know, it just doesn't feel right. And I think that's intentional, and I really liked that. And the characters in this movie are definitely improved. There's more backstory given to our lead than there was in the original. There's more backstory given to every single character. Every single character is improved. Tilda Swinton does an amazing job with all the roles she plays, and I'm not going to reveal how many, um or who she plays. Aside from Madame Blanc, who is the dance instructor, she just blows that role out of the water. I would... I'd put a good shot at her getting a supporting actress nomination at the Oscars, because she does so well in that role. She's got this really, like, on-and-off, like, cold, very icy stare, sort of matching the cinematography, but also caring... And kind, and she sort of flips on a dime, and it's very, very, very good. I would say it's one of the best performances I've seen this year. And when you count how much other work she's doing in the movie, you get a real sense that this is something very good, very out there, but very good. It's got problems in that sixth act, and if I told you them, I would completely spoil the movie. Because I literally cannot say anything about this movie to tell you what I don't like without spoiling it entirely. So I will not. I'll just tell you. That sixth act really blew it for me. So on the whole, I'm going to give Halloween a 5.5 out of 10. It's okay. You know, I give it a bit more pass. It's a Halloween movie, but it's disappointing. I'd put it somewhere like... If I were to rank the franchise, I'd go John Carpenter's original, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 4, 5... The original Halloween 2, then this new Halloween, then, I don't know, H2O, the first Rob Zombie movie, 
Halloween Resurrection, and then in Dead Last is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole life, but, you know, I'm not reviewing that. And then Suspiria, I'll give a 7.5 out of 10. You know, if it weren't for that ending, it could have been somewhere between an 8 and a 9 for me. It really brought the film down. But overall, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Um, so thank you. Uh, this has been Alex Caroline for the St. Ignatius Podcast. You know, go see these if they're still in theaters by the time this episode comes out. Well, go see Suspiria. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcats. Got any suggestions? Let us know on Twitter at S-A-H-S-E-Y-E. Like our content? Please rate and review us wherever you listen. If you'd like to help produce future episodes, please come to meetings in room 212 of the main building on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. See you next time on Podcats.